Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Long Podcast Studio Sessions. I'm your host, Dylan Mark Murphy, and I would hope you knew that by now because we're roughly 45 episodes into this series, and my name is on every single one of them. So if you don't know that, now you do. Woohoo! I'm joined today with a veteran of the long podcast studio sessions, as well as one of my favorite human beings in the entire world. Super. uh, I could go on for years about how great I think this man is, but I'll let him tell you about himself instead. Um, Stephen, go ahead and introduce yourself again. Hello again, if you're listening for the second time. Um, I'm Stephen Sullivan and my favorite Taylor Swift album, just to like dive right into what we're doing, is Evermore, but I also speak now for a long time before Evermore was my favorite album. Um, and I have been a fan since 2006. Like I have her debut album on CD, but it was folklore that really pulled me into like the online fandom <laughs> and got me meeting people and interacting with stuff. So yeah, it's been really exciting. I love that. And I love that Speak Now was your favorite album before Evermore. I mean, we have very different tastes, which is why I'm so excited to have conversations with you at any given moment um (laughs) because those always build the best conversations is when your opinions are different and you know how to respect people's opinions which I think we both know how to do (laughs) Um, so as much as Evermore is iconic and where we do appreciate the Speak Now album so much we're here to talk about Last Kiss which is probably one of the best songs on this album like top tier it's so good it's it's just incredible like from beginning to end gets every job done in every book it's it's truly remarkable so we're gonna get to know a little more about Stephen, and we're gonna figure out you know why last kiss is such an incredible song as if you if you're listening i assume you already know that it's an incredible song so we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about it and why it's one of Stephen's favorite songs. So we're going to jump right in. Stephen, why is The Last Kiss one of your favorite Taylor Swift songs? So um, I know I literally just said I've been a fan of Taylor Swift since 2006, but I didn't listen to Speak Now Red or 1989 when they came out. Mm-hmm. I like stopped listening after Fearless because I was a little boy and I was like, it's not cool to like Taylor. And I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Um, <laughs> So in like the end of 2019, I went back and because Lover had come out that summer and I was like, you know what, I want to go back and I want to listen to the parts of her discography that I haven't listened to. And so I listened through 1989 and then read and then Speak Now. And my listening to Speak Now coincided with like the first time I had my heart broken. And it really just last kiss swooped in and was like, here, I will carry you to the light. It will be okay. Um, And it just became a song for me that was just, and it's so sad. And like, honestly, when you think about the song, there aren't many moments of it where it feels hopeful, Mm -hmm. but there was something about it that just, I was like, this is what I need right now. And that's why like Last Kiss isn't my number one favorite song anymore because I'm not in that place that I was in for a long time. Right, makes sense. But I will always appreciate what the song did and like means to me. And if I ever ever end up in a place like that again, Last Kiss will be waiting. Maybe it's even there. Last Kiss Taylor's version at that point, we'll see. Right, it is there. I mean, fingers crossed, because I know that your favorite song is Lover, am I wrong? It is, yes. That is 
the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> so and there's I, not even a reason for it. I just love the uh, the sentiment behind the song. I'm just like, I love hey, that. Somebody. I mean, go you. That's 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 growth, character development, really. really. So I'm impressed. Couldn't be me. Um, the story of us is still my favorite song, and I'm in a happy relationship. But you know, doesn't stop you know, me. <laughs> it works. It's story of us is a great song. Yeah, and I I love that for you. I love that. You know, it's great that. A song can simply be your favorite because you connected to it at one point and whatnot. And I, I feel like that's not enough for some people. And people are always like, oh, well, lyrically or sonically, it has to be this kind of masterpiece for it to be your favorite. And, you know, if you can connect to it in the slightest yeah. bit. I couldn't care less about it. Like, I think about I think about closure, just not to go back to Evermore. I promise I'll stay on Speak Now. After <laughs> <You're> <laughs> uh, like the pots and pans and closure, whatever. But like, if the lyrics of closure connect to you and you like it, who mm-hmm. cares if you like listen to the rattling and the clanking? It doesn't like it's whatever. Oh, exactly. If you like it, you like it. Exactly. And closure, I, that's a great example because it's got such interesting production. And I mm-hmm. think that I could listen to closure a lot more if it was if if there was ever an ever more long pawn sessions where it was like an acoustic version of it, yeah. because no way is Taylor Swift going to bring pots and pans to the, the, what's it called? The long pond house or whatever, and bang them while she tries to sing the words to songs she probably doesn't know. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> poor girl. Um, but I love that. That's totally enough. And that's a great example too. Closure is a very solid example. And I, I totally appreciate and respect that. Um, this one I think is out of the six or seven questions I have, I think this is the most interesting one. This one and the follow-up one is, do you think that this song makes sense on this album in general? Because Speak Now is such a specific body of work. And Mm. even though it's all over the place, it's still got one solid theme across all of it. So I'm curious, do you think that this makes sense on Speak Now? I could not imagine Last Kiss being on any other album. Specifically the like, the reason that I settled on for why it is a Speak Now song through and through is how detailed she is in the first verse about like 158, July 9th, get, mm-hmm. like all of those details that she puts in. It is just the open letter that all of Speak Now really is. Right. And I also feel like in a way, because I think of, the slow like somber songs on this album Mm -hmm. and it's really in my mind dear john and last kiss are kind of two sides of the same coin and i love the way dear john builds to this bridge where she's like no screw you and what you did to me whereas last kiss builds to this bridge of like i'm never going to forget you and i'm going to have to spend the rest of my life watching you be happy right i i think i've told talked about this in other episodes too about how these two songs are they're like both like five minutes and 30 seconds and six minutes and it's like you can cover a lot and Taylor Swift has proven that you can talk about a lot in like three minutes you know you've got songs like The Man where she describes the entire hierarchy of social constructs and all that stuff in three minutes and yeah she could have done Last Kiss in three minutes. You've got Back to December. It's almost the same song in a different tone. But you're right with the slow, somber 
it's a, such a slow burn song, yeah. it, especially since it's six minutes long. You have to like listen to the whole thing. Last Kiss is All Too Well before All Too Well. Yeah. Hot take. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I, I, for back when I was like, really my flagpole was I Am Last Kiss's number one defender. I always was saying, I was like, everyone says All Too Well is Taylor Swift's best written song. But like before she wrote All Too Well, she had already written her best written song in its last kiss. Like right. it, and I also like you, the term slow burn for the song. I think I also appreciate so much that it stays in, like even when it does build, it never goes really, really far. If like we want to compare it to All Too Well. All Too Well's bridge is explosive. Yeah. And then it goes back to like, this kind of sucks. But yeah. Last Kiss, <laughs> even when it, for lack of a better term, does its like little explosion, it never feels angry. It never feels yeah. resentful. It always just is like, God, I'm sad. Yeah. And I miss you. And I don't know what to do other than sit here and miss you. Yeah. Same like same song, different fonts. And obviously she's not like Last Kiss. And I love that you said the thing about Last Kiss and Dear John because they are, it's like she's going through like the seven stages of grief, but with different relationships exactly or experiences in life because last kiss and dear john are not about the same person and uh, i would hope not um oh my god (laughs) um but they're they're so specific and so vague at the same time and songs like dear john which is explicitly like you know who the song is about yes (laughs) but also it's like dear john which is like an open letter and which gives it the opportunity to be vague and interpretable. And Last Kiss also does the same thing where saying things like 158 and July 9th, that's like specific to her life, but people can be like, oh, I also broke up with someone in the summertime and it was really early in the morning or something like that. So people can like really connect to things without it having to be, I just am baffled by her songwriting at 19. I can't, the thought of, I just, and it's like you said that she's so specific, but she's not specific in a way where it loses its relatability. Cause I've heard songs from artists who like, they just paint such a vivid picture that if you're not them, it's like, okay, this is lost on me. Right. But she knows exactly what moments to say, okay, I looked at the clock next to my bed and I know what time it was. But also, have you ever been sad? Because like, let's be sad together. (laughs) It just works so well. And like you said, the fact that she was 19 years old. Yeah. I can't, no. Couldn't be me. No chance. No way. I I was so baffled by that. And also it's interesting that you said the, the part about... How, oh my gosh, I just blanked. But she said the thing in an interview when they asked her, you know, who's that song about or whatnot. Those people are still asking her those questions and yeah. whatnot. And she's always like, you know what? I, I wrote the song for me and my fans and all that stuff. And when you're putting, she said all too well herself. She's like, this song, it wasn't, I, I didn't expect people to like it. I was like, no one's going to like it except for me. And it's a song for me and whatnot. And to, some artists take their music and write it for them and it's so specific to them that no one else can relate to it and I think that's 
a very big part in a lot of artists' downfall. And Taylor Swift can write music for herself while also being able to like make it applicable to your own life, which uh, who else is doing that? I mean, like- It's crazy. I, I can't think of an artist recently who has put out, maybe like Olivia Rodrigo, who has made her songs so specific and so vague at the same time that you're like, who is, uh, is this my life kind of thing? And exactly, no one's doing it like them right now. And it shows. And it's, and it's crazy with Taylor that like, it's not like it's something that she kind of grew into yeah. from, from the onset of her career. It's what she's been doing. Yeah. Like even it's, I think about songs on debut where she literally says the guy's name, <laughs> but I still am like, oh, <laughs> I'm thinking about someone in my life. I'm not thinking about Corey or Drew. Like, I don't know Corey and Drew. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to know them. You don't know Corey and Drew? Really? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry. They, they didn't reply to my emails when I reached out and they. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, be tried. And that's what's important. Yeah. Um <laughs> Um, my next question, uh, this one, I've got some very interesting answers for, so I'm excited to hear. Do you think that the track placement of this song makes sense? Because it is sandwiched between, you know, Haunted, which is very aggressive, very in your face, and then Long Live, which is kind of like the wind down mm-hmm. album closer, bringing you to a close kind of thing. And this song, which is, you know, six minutes of slow burn sadness, um, putting it between the two, do you think that it makes sense? And does it have to make sense? I, so this is a question that was on the list like in, in advance. So I have been thinking so much about this one specifically. And I really do think it is perfect in the way that it closes, like the way that Haunted Last Kiss and Long Live function to close Speak Now as an album. One, first of all, it doesn't have to do with the songs around it, but I love that Last Kiss is track 13. I oh. love that it's the 13th song. So true. Um, but I think about Haunted, because I was a little unsure about Haunted and Last Kiss being next to each other. And then I was like, what is Last Kiss if not just a sadder version of Haunted? You're not like, wrong. And so I feel like if I, I'll be honest, I don't know who Haunted is about, I know who Last Kiss is about. I have no idea who Haunted is about. So if we just take the blind assumption that they're about the same relationship ending and Haunted is this perspective of like, I'm never going to forget you and I hate you for it. How could you do this to me? Like, come back. I'm miserable and it's your fault and I'm angry about it. And then Last Kiss is like a little more time has gone on Mm -hmm. and you've almost gotten to continue with the haunted metaphor, I guess, you've like gotten used to the ghost that's sitting there next to you. And it doesn't make you angry that it's there anymore. You're just kind of like, God, this sucks. I'm sitting here and I can't forget you no matter how hard I try. And I'm watching you live your life while what we had is still sitting here next to me. And so I think the way they're next to each other, kind of the two different perspectives of one feeling. Okay. Is interesting. Um, and then going into Long Live, I also really like that Last Kiss is right before Long Live because Last Kiss is, I'm going to remember you forever and I'm going to look at your pictures and see you living your life. And then Long Live is, if I leave your life, promise me that you'll show them the pictures, that you'll right. tell them about me, That's that a- if something happens, you're never going to forget about me. 
the way I've been forced to never forget about this person. Definitely. That is, that's a very specific lyric connection too, between those two tracks. I'm very impressed with your analysis. (laughs) I really, really, really like the way that she wraps up the album and long lives the perfect closing track. And I think last kiss is the right song to be the last like love heartbreak song on the album. Definitely. And it works so well as a, as a wind down song, you know, and I think that this is kind of like, like her other, her previous fearless doesn't kind of do the same thing because you've got, I think it's like the best day and then change, which I don't think does has the same effect, but you've got like in later albums, like, I know everyone and their mom hates it, but like me going into, which is pure chaos, like the haunted. And then you've got, it's nice to have a friend, which is bringing you back down. And then you've got daylight, which is just like long live 2.0. Yeah. And it's, it's so well thought out. Um, The fact that you mentioned the last kiss haunted, uh, let's assume that they're about the same situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I had talked about with the person who, did the sparks fly episode was that there's the lyric in sparks fly where it says give me something that'll haunt me when you're not around and then to have haunted be towards the end of the album like track two track 12 and then if you connect that to last kiss you've got your own little betty august cardigan trilogy moment going on here (laughs) which are yeah and like there's something so heartbreaking about that sentiment of when you're with the person it's like when you're not around i want us i want to miss you so much mm-hmm. until i get to see you again yeah. and then that day comes where you're not gonna see them again and and also thinking about like the timing i don't remember who i, I wish i could give credit but i was talking with one of my friends and i don't remember who it was but they brought up the fact that like speak now was coming out really at the start of when social media platforms like Instagram and stuff were getting started. Right. And so the line, I'll watch your life in pictures, like I used to watch you breathe or sleep, whatever, I forget which <laughs> she rhymed. Um, and that feeling of like, before social media, watching someone's life in pictures, it was like, you were looking at the old pictures of the two of you together. Yeah. But now with the change, you literally are, watching this person's life go on Mm. without you you have new pictures of them that you're looking at and in a way it makes it even more difficult to get rid of that ghost that you're stuck with and it's so and if those oh my gosh now I'm thinking about those three songs being connected and how sad that is (laughs) yeah it's a lot of a lot of this album has so much heartbreak and devastation on it for being you know, like the third album coming right after songs. Like it's, it's just so interesting to me that, that people see albums like Lover and they're like, they'll see like me and you need to calm down and be like, oh, that's what they're expecting the whole album to be. And I get the whole red herring lead single thing, but I don't get how people still have the concept of I'm going to see me and you need to calm down and think that Lover is going to be that all the way through when I think that Speak Now is the start of this red herring thing because she released mine as like the lead single, which is one of the happiest songs on this album and so cute and so fun. And then it's full of songs like Haunted and Last Kiss and Back to December. (laughs) It's like, girl, are you really happy? Are you, are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. And like, it's such a role. The track list in general 
is a roller coaster, but not in a way that like, I think about how often people complain about red the red track list and how it was all over the place, whatever. Right. Speak now also, like you go from Dear John to Mean to what Story of Us is next. It mm-hmm. just like, you really take, and then never grow up. Like <laughs> what is happening? It's um, chaos. But it works mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like she always knows I go back, I always go back to the Dear John being like the open letter. And I feel like all of Speak Now just is a Dear John letter. The whole thing is just, she sat down and she took her pen and she was like, you know what? I'm going to say what I have to say. Exactly. And she, the whole album feels that way. You've got your moment where she's saying what she needs to say to Kanye with Innocent. She's saying what she needs to say to her younger self. She's saying what she's saying to herself in the present. What she's saying to the guys who have hurt her what like there's so what she's saying to her fans every single person that she feels the need to say something to gets their moment on the album and i feel like that is what makes the through line work so well right and i we both get that the concept of the album is the whole like it these are things that i wish i had said and that's why i think that it doesn't have to be in a specific order because you could jumble the songs up in any way and it it still fits the theme, which is, you know, this is what came to mind. Yeah. This is, this is what I said. This is how it goes. And I, there's like the whole red trackless thing. She sat down and described that like a hundred times where she's like, I wanted it to encompass, you know, the feeling of love and red and how it's supposed to be back and forth. And you feel all these things, but speak now she never sat down and was like yeah I made the track list like this because of this this and this it's like I just want to do one interview with Taylor Swift and ask her the hard-hitting questions like not who is this not who is this song about I just want to know why you put dear John and then mean and then the story of us never grow up enchanted better than revenge girl I just want to talk her interviews would be so much more interesting if it was actual Swifties interviewing her on the red carpet and stuff I'm so sick of who is all too well about. Like, I, we get it, girl. We don't need her to tell us. Everyone no. and their mother has figured it out. Like, and she also, do you think she's going to tell you? What are you expecting? Like, is this Why your first day doing an interview? She's not going to say, like. <laughs> I, that, that's, it's, I, ugh, I don't know. Some people are really not bright and despite having media training. So no. couldn't be me. Um, but- <laughs> Like one last thing on the topic of the concept of like saying what you wish you had said. I feel, I always feel like it's such a controversial opinion and I don't get why it is. Every time that I say that maybe the only good thing Scott Borchetta ever did was insist that Speak Now be titled Speak Now and Not Enchanted. Yeah. Because I feel like if we're talking about what a better title track is, yes, objectively, Enchanted is a better song than Speak Now is. <laughs> like, okay, I get that. Right. But for titling the album, the concept of like Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace, if she didn't say these things right now, she was never going to get to say them. Right. I just am like it perfectly, sure. Maybe the song itself, this fictional wedding crashing song, <laughs> isn't the best encompass of the album. Right. But the phrase, the two words, I'm like, it's yeah. just the perfect way to take the 14 songs and put a nice little bow and tie it up and be like, here you go, this is for you. 100%. And I love the idea of her getting to like do what she wants and naming it Enchanted. But at the same time, like Fearless was such a 
fairy tale lovey dovey album for the most part, aside from yeah. White Horse. Like even White Horse is a fairy tale song. It's just Literally. the sad ending of a fairy tale. And or well, she says, you know, this ain't a fairy tale, but it is, whether you like it or not, Taylor Swift. Um, and I think like Speak Now being called Enchanted would have just continued the the fairy tale-esque fearless yeah. thing. And she still got to have that fairy tale energy on the Speak Now tour because it's all sparkles and glitter and crazy princess dresses and stuff like that. Exactly. So even though she didn't get the name to be what she wanted it to be, she still got to encompass the fairy tale aspect of it and get a good message across with Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace. Yeah. Come on, Taylor Swift, you're killing it. Um, <laughs> this next question you already answered, but for my own sanity, I'm going to ask it, which is, do you think that this song would work well on any other album? No, I no. don't. <laughs> That's it, period. I, I think we do it a little more than I did before. I just, like, I try to imagine, because I know when I talked about Tell Me Why, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I could see it maybe on debut because of the, like, the fiddle, the strong country influence, or I could see it on Speak Now because of, like, all the things she's saying. But Last Kiss, I think about it, and I'm like, if you put it on Fearless, it's too raw. It's too open. Mm-hmm. If you put it on Red it doesn't work because it's too similar in what it's saying to other songs that are present on Red. Um, Like lyrically, it's too similar to the sentiment behind All Too Well. Um, Sonically, like Sad Beautiful Tragic checks the box that Last Kiss would check. Yeah. Um, And then obviously not 1989. Oh my gosh. If you were listening to 1989 (laughs) and Last Kiss just popped in in the middle of that. um, And then like from there, I couldn't, I like, I guess I could maybe see it being on Folklore. But even then, Last Kiss is so personal in a specific way, whereas with Folklore and Evermore, even the songs that are about her, she still tries to be incredibly vague, except for Invisible String. She, Invisible String, she's just like, I love him and he's mine. <laughs> um, but I just, I feel like Last Kiss is so perfect for everything. And it also kind of, to go back to like what you said with, Speak Now is almost like closing that fairy tale chapter and accepting that life isn't a fairy tale and sometimes it's gonna suck. Right. And I feel like Last Kiss just perfectly is that feeling of, I remembered every single moment because I was so ready to write this relationship down like it was a fairy tale. And instead here I am writing down, sitting on the floor wearing your clothes, unable to forget everything that I forced myself to remember because it was so perfect. Right, and then- if you come back to the idea that Last Kiss is tying that little bow on the fairy tale chapter, and then you get Red, which is 100% like raw, this sucked, this hurt, this was yeah. great, this sucked, and going through like all the motions of like reality and love versus your expectations of love, it it makes the drastic shift between those two albums a lot more than just going from country pop to like EDM with I Knew You Were Trouble, you know? Yeah. So she really, she really popped off with the, the, the underlying themes that we'll never know if that was the actual plan because she, no one wants to ask those questions. Yeah, but it, you know what, in my mind, I'm okay just pretending that she said yes and moving on with my day. 100%. I that's, like the answer, so. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> um, uh, so my next question, um, it, it is supposed to be about a live performance of this song. And I was thinking about it and I've watched like the Speak Now Last Kiss live performance, the tour performance a hundred times. And she's so sad every time she does it. 
And my only question revolving around this is, do you think that she will ever perform this song live ever again? It's in the sense that it's a little different than trying to perform all too well on like the rep tour because all too well, yes, it's a five minute song, but it's, it's got different energy. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a lot harder to perform last kiss live. So, and she said, I remember seeing a tweet like five years ago and I'm not sure if it's accurate because I don't trust secret sessioners. Um, But I remember someone saying something along the lines of, are you ever going to play last kiss live again? And she said, no, it hurt too much. But with songs like All Too Well, where that song obviously hurt a lot on the Red Tour, and then she took it and made it into something special for her and the fans during the Rep Tour. Do you think that Last Kiss will ever get a live performance ever again? I, the only world in which I could see it getting a live performance is if for some reason it was the song that just needed to be sung. I don't think Last Kiss would ever be added to a set list for a tour ever Mm -hmm. again. But I think about um, like the fundraiser concert that was done early on in the pandemic. Okay. Where she performed Soon You'll Get Better despite saying that she would never perform that song. Right. I think it would take like a special moment like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if a moment like that will ever exist for Last Kiss at this point in her life. Like there's no global issue that's going to make her say, I need to sing Last Kiss. So, like, I know that Last Kiss, people love the song. Mm -hmm. Last Kiss doesn't have the support that All Too Well does Mm -hmm. to take it from this heartbreaking anthem to fan favorite, we love this song together. Yeah. So I just, unless for some reason she's out of her mind and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to tour Speak Now Taylor's version and only Speak Now Taylor's version. (laughs) I don't see a world where Last Kiss honestly ever gets performed again. Mm -hmm. I think the last time she sings it might be when she walks in the booth to sing it for Taylor's version, which is crazy to think about, but like, it's just not a song that she has a reason to add to a set list. And as a surprise song, like you said, it's so long. And it is like for the purpose of a concert, Last Kiss sits in one place for six minutes. Right. It's not and headbanging at any moment. <laughs> You're not going to headbang. I love Last it Kiss. for what it is. But also, it's not the type of song that you whip out in an arena and are like, I'm going to serenade you all with six minutes of I'm so sad. I literally don't think I'll ever feel joy again. Right. I, I, it's just, it just doesn't, it doesn't have the same energy and it, it brings me to like songs like, um, how she performed breathe on the rep tour. And she was like, I don't think I've ever played this song live before. And it was like the first time she had ever done it, which that song has very similar energy to last kiss in the sense that it's sad. It stays here the entire time. And I don't know how she got away with it, but that was only three minutes, 30 seconds versus six minutes of, let's sit on the edge of the B stage and cry together. So, and like, I'm sure people would be thrilled, me included to hear Last Kiss. But at this point, her catalog is just so extensive. Right. That I don't think there's ever going to be a time where she's looking for a song to add to a set list. And Last Kiss is what she settles on. Yeah, she's got plenty of like ballads that 
build up into some crazy yeah. bridge. Like you've got champagne problems now that gets the job done for every Swifty yeah. and all that and stuff. If she was looking for a song that doesn't build and just kind of stays there. She's got Folklore and Evermore, which she's never performed live. And there's plenty of choices from those albums. For sure. Sure. She's got plenty of plenty of options for songs that she's never played live. So I, I mean, Last Kiss would have to be, uh, my only thought would possibly be that it would come out somewhere random. Like, I don't know if you saw the rep tour where she did um, New Year's Day, Long Live, and then threw like a piece of clean into it because it was like a rain show. Oh, oh my gosh. And it's, it's like a really, it's a really cute performance. Um, but my thought would be that it could be in like, a brief medley like that. Like we have love story, you belong with me in style. Um, obviously it doesn't have the same energy, but it's got, you know, you could, she could sit down at a piano and give like 16 bars of last kiss and then call it good. But that yeah. would be my only expectation. I, I think I would agree with that, that we could get like a line or two from last kiss and then we transition <laughs> into <laughs> She's going to like sing two lines and everyone's like, oh my God, is she going to sing that? And then she just goes back to like New Year's Day or wait, she doesn't know that rap exists. Um, She's playing Last Kiss and then the drums come in and we go into me. Yeah, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) She had to, she's got to keep you on the whiplash spectrum. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Love that. Um, This next question is, what is your favorite part of this song? And this can go lyrics or instrument or words or... Um, this song has a very specific moment that I want to see if you're going to talk about before I say it, but go go ahead. Is it the quiver at like four minutes? (laughs) Um, I was thinking about that today because so many people talk about that and it's honestly, I don't know if I ever would have even noticed it. If other people, and and now that I know that it's there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I really like that moment because it makes the song feel like a live performance almost. Because something that I've noticed, particularly with Fearless and Red as she's re-releasing them, is that she's really taking the songs and polishing them to a point where they're like the most pristine, technically perfect versions of themselves. For sure, except for we are never ever getting back together. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) sorry Taylor Swift. I'm going to derail and I'm going to talk about it real quick with the with what that change does because I've seen so many people say it sounds like that on the original version. And my problem isn't even what the we sounds like. The mixing is just so bad when it transitions from what she says before it because I'm blanking into the we you can hear one track end and the we come in and then the we cut out and it goes back to the other track. It's like so you can weird. hear it happen. And yes, that we is there in the original version, but the, vo- like, I'm, I don't know the technical terms, but like it feels further back in the track. Right. This is brought so forward that it's like, and now we're gonna take a moment and she's gonna say we, and then we're gonna go back to the song. Um, <laughs> I, I am 100% convinced that she did not want to sing that part 
and she had someone else come in and record just the weed and they just clipped it in there because like honestly if I were Taylor Swift that girl performed we are never we she's performed it on every single tour since it came out and obviously it was her first number one it's a massive banker everyone and their mom loves we are never ever getting back together she was I like I would be so bored of that song and shake it off if I had to go into the studio and re-record them I would be like so he calls me up and he's like I still love you and I'm like this is exhausting this this is exhausting (laughs) um and like like at this point excuse me I've gotten used to it like it comes on and I'm like okay I whatever it's not bad enough for I'm like I'm gonna go listen like I'm gonna go stream the original version mm-hmm. I don't it's like whatever but it is just like how did we get here the polishing the <laughs> the making them all so perfect there are some changes where I'm kind of like hmm interesting right. okay and there is a very big part of me that is worried that she's going to take Last Kiss and perfect it mm-hmm. and make it technically perfect. Yeah. Whereas I think the magic of Last Kiss is that it literally sounds like she's sobbing in the booth. Yeah. And she collected collected herself to sing this song. And then when she's done, she's going to go back to sitting in the corner and crying. Yeah. Um, and granted, it's been a decade. That's going to be hard to recapture because she obviously isn't feeling those feelings anymore. This was a clearly a very sad time for her to be singing this song. And so do I expect it to be as painful as it was? No, but I think it'll still be like, okay. And I'm realizing in this moment that this was not the question you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it works. We got here. <laughs> but in terms of like what my favorite part of the song is, <laughs> this is what I meant. Okay. We were gonna go on a spree of talking about random parts built off other questions, and yes. you know what? It's interesting. So I assume people probably like they'll listen to me and they'll hear me ask these same six, seven questions over and over again. This is what they're expecting. They would like yeah. you're 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 killing it. You are spicing it up in here. Natural transition from last kiss to we never ever get back together. It. I think we've picked her set list for the next tour. Like I, that's perfect. I mean, maybe um, she'll give us like we are never ever getting back together mashed up with last kiss as the closer for the tour could get, like she could do the rock version of we're never ever and then a rock version of last kiss where oh she's like screaming perfect i would love to see a taylor swift come on um but my favorite part of the song is always going to be the bridge just the whole thing yeah. because there's just something she does such a good job capturing that feeling of like I think about the lyric and champagne problems, like soon they'll have the nerve to deck the halls that we once walked through. Like the world is going to keep spinning. And the fact that I'm sitting here miserable isn't going to make that stop. It's not going to stop life from going on. There's nothing I can do. I can sit here as long as I want, but you're going to move on and you're going to forget about me. I can't fathom the thought of forgetting about you, but I guess I'll get up and I'll try. Yeah. And it's just so, and I'll stay in touch with our friends just to ask them how, how you are. That is so heartbreaking. Because like, it, I've always wondered about that line. Would, are these friends people she was also friends with before the relationship and they're friends with both of them? Or are they friends she made because of him? Because right. if they're friends she made because of him, 
yeah, whatever, stay in touch to check up on him. Yeah. But if they're friends that she had beforehand, that idea that like, if it wasn't for the thought of checking up on him, she would be closing herself off from everyone. Mm-hmm. Is just the whole, you, there's so many layers to everything she says in the like six lines of the bridge. And even, oh my gosh, I'm just gonna keep going. The, <laughs> um, I never thought, oh my God, I can't remember what, I have to look up exactly what she says. I can't remember what the lyric is. You don't have um, this entire five minute and- I'm so embarrassed. Song memorized? Um, something reminds me that you wish you had stayed. You can plan for a change in the weather and time, but I never planned on you changing your mind. I'll be honest, every time that lyric comes up, I'm always like, you can plan for a change in the weather and time, but I never planned on you saying goodbye. And I'm like, that's not the lyric. <laughs> But the thought of, like, I never planned on you changing your mind, I feel like it also plays into why she remembers so many specific details about this relationship. She was taking pictures in her mind of this whole thing because she was like, this is it. This is what love is. And I'm, this is the feeling and I get to feel it forever. And how lucky am I? And then all of a sudden it was like, no, you don't get to feel it forever. Right. Sorry, sucks. Uh, this song specifically is very gut-wrenching, but it's, along with Dear John, I think one of the most theatrical songs on oh, yeah. the album. And I'm with you. My biggest concern is that she's going to take a lot of the songs on this album. And I I just want to know if like this is how people who stand red and like red is their number one or fearless is their number one. If this is how they felt when that out, like when red was coming out, I was like, there is not a song on here that I would cry if she did something crazy to it. Like uh, I'm sure the girl at home stands were like, what is this? When they listen, like all two of them were probably like, Oh my God, what is this? Um, but there's such mixed feelings on what she did to it, but that's another conversation. Good job, Taylor Swift. Um, I, I, I'm so worried. I was so worried until we got all too well 10 minute version um, that she would take some of these songs and lose that theatrical essence like Dear John, which is big and explosive and Last Kiss, which is very dramatic and slow. Um, And then we got the 10 minute version, Sad Girl Autumn version. And I was like, okay, it is very possible for Taylor Swift to go into the booth and take the song and make it heartbreaking, even if she wants to polish it and make it perfect. Yes. Because I think about with the sad girl version, the way she says kitchen in that version, yeah, it's the same energy as the like breathing in Last Kiss. Yeah. And if she can do that, if she can feel those feelings of her dancing around with whoever All Too Well is about in the kitchen, um, <laughs> then I think she's capable of going back and remembering the feeling of like that being stuck with that last moment and wishing that you had known it would be the last time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's very possible. Did some of the red songs make me a little worried about what she's going to do with other albums? Yes. Um, I didn't listen to any of the fearless songs except for like the singles and breathe very much like So I wasn't very concerned with how they were going to sound, nor did I recognize too many differences, except for like her bringing You Belong With Me down like three octaves. And now she was just fully singing in like an alto voice. Um, But after what she did with Girl at Home, 
which I don't think she'll do that with any song on Speak Now. I don't think there's any Speak Now songs that she has a reason to do that with. She couldn't give any song on Speak Now a hyper pop remix and expect it to, to do well. Could I mean, we, we're listening to Speak Now for the first time, Haunted ends, and just the hyper pop comes in for Last Kiss. <laughs> I, it would be like, she'd have to get like Charlie XCX on it and be like oh. Last Kiss featuring Charlie XCX. <laughs> I would love to see it. <laughs> oh my, no. I can't, no. Yeah, no, I, I, I hope not. I would love to hear it just because I'm so curious. <laughs> I don't think if I could do it. If it was Hyperpop, it would be a three minute song. 100%. Just skip the, skip the intro, just start at the lyrics yes. and then... Don't skip all of the breaks, all the instrumental breaks, all the lyrics are just mushed together. And then it's a, it's like a two and a half minute song. Yeah. So I actually, I'll get on that. You miss a track. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, I'm, there's just the red, the stuff that they would did with that she did with red Mm -hmm. um, because she does have a lot more control over it. I'm glad she's doing what she wants to do, obviously. Um, It's just some of those songs, like, listening to them back, I I just think it makes further, I feel like Speak Now is such a specific body of work that she couldn't do that. She could do that with like 1989, maybe. I don't, it's all pop already. So it's yeah. kind of hard to, and even like the slow songs like Clean and This Love are still so poppy. It's, she can't. Yeah. And that's what like, I don't feel like the girl at home, the change makes it out of place on Red. Hmm. Because I feel like you you make a playlist. You have We Never Ever Get Back Together, Message in a Bottle, The Very First Night, Girl at Home, and I Knew You Were Trouble, and boom. And 22, and there's your pop songs from Red. Hey, Taylor Nation, there's your pop song chapter. Hire me. <laughs> You're like, doing them a favor. <laughs> it just, like, it fit. Right. It was an interesting change, especially after having the original just, like, guitar version for so long. Yeah. But... I don't think it was to the detriment of the song or the album. Yeah. I think doing that to a song on Speak Now would be to the detriment of the album. Especially since like the song she did it to on Rad was Girl at Home, which she knew. She knew. She knew that it like she sees what we post. She was like, if there's it one song I can do her. this to, it would yeah. be Girl at Home. <laughs> um, but I also I was thinking about um, because the question is still swirling around in my mind about my favorite part of this song. And there were two more specific things that came to mind, not to stay on this question for like 47 years. Um, but I also, I seen, and I have no way to know for sure. I don't know how long Joe Jonas's breakup message to her actually was, but I've seen people say that it was the length of the intro to this song, that the intro to this song is the same length as the voicemail that he left her to break up. 100%. Um, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And then I also know that the last time that she says the phrase last kiss in this song, she then goes on to say, never thought we'd have our last, like three or four more times after that. And you kind of get teased and she never says last kiss again. Mm-hmm. So the last time that she says last kiss, the song goes on for like another minute. Right. And you don't know that that's the last time that she has now said last kiss. Right. That's... And that's like that feeling of she didn't know. Yeah. that it was the last kiss they would have. And it's more of that, like, is that intentional or was that just she was writing an outro and saying kiss again didn't work? Right. But it's just stuff like that, that it's so interesting to pick apart the songs and find the little things. That woman is scary to Terrifying. think that, <laughs> even at 19, if she was being that 
strategic and calculated with songs and intros and outros like that, that's really, really scary. (laughs) In my opinion, I can't imagine meeting 19 year old Taylor Swift, but I mean, lucky for Joe Jonas because he got last kiss and, um, holy ground. And these are like on top in terms of her exes. Yeah. I mean, like, and uh, Taylor Lautner too, because back to December, she said, I'm sorry for what I did. (laughs) like <laughs> sorry bro <laughs> but like I think about it, it is really funny to me as I was talking with my mom about this the other day because I was in the car explaining Taylor Swift songs to her as I do when they come on <laughs> and um I was like Joe Jonas he really wiggled his way into being on fearless speak now red and folklore like the power he has he's, he's on the same number of albums as Joe Alwyn at this point <laughs> <laughs> I I love that for Joe Jonas though, because I mean, it just goes to show that you don't just in situations where people are, you know, especially in the speak now era where people tried to make Taylor Swift the problem in all of her relationships. If she can write songs like forever and always and Mr. Perfectly fine about a man that she is still friends with and still like super chill with and his girlfriend or his wife or whatnot, (laughs) it just shows you maybe they're, they were just young and didn't know what they were doing because they're 19 18 20 like you you don't know what love is when you're that young like I might be misremembering but I feel like I'm not crazy and I've seen an interview where she said that like this was the Joe Jonas was the first time she actually felt heartbroken Hmm. like it wasn't like a oh I'm kind of sad this boy doesn't like me back or like we talked for two weeks and then we stopped and now I'm bummed it like this was the first time in her life that she was like oh this is what it feels like to have your heart just be shattered 100% I wouldn't be shocked I mean if you've got songs like Last Kiss and even Holy Ground which is still a fun upbeat song but really sad so sad lyrically it's like to, to be the subject of those songs and also forever and always and Mr. Perfectly Fine. Yeah. The guy, he's got, he's a very multi-dimensional character and I applaud Joe Jonas for that, that yeah. period. Um, and Mr. Taylor Lautner, just because I, 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 the only song we know that is about Mr. Lautner is Good Back record. to December. But I, I just, even that song itself is just so nice. And so, you know, you were right. I was wrong. And the fact that we all know that because of the lyric, that's like, I miss your sweet smile and your tan skin. And yeah, he's the only tan man that <laughs> she's tainted. <laughs> the way she says, like the first time you ever saw me cry that September night with the VMA incident. Right. The bridge of back to December is so like, yes, Taylor Lautner. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so specific to him. This is like, like, I, like we get the Dear John is specific, but back to December is like, I feel more specific yeah. than Dear John she even. She doesn't describe John Mayer in Dear John. <laughs> I mean, sort of, because, you know, she calls him, you know, several things um, in that song, but none she of the nice things. <laughs> none of those sweet smiles and tan skins. Um, yeah. Just, just you're a just manipulator. Clouds. <laughs> yeah, not a, not a great guy. Um, since we've gushed about this song so much, I'd be very shocked if the answer to this is anything less than the top possible answer. Um, but I love to ask just because people like to pull me, pull the rug out from underneath me. So what would you rate this song on a scale from one to 13? 
like a four. No, it's... You know what? I respect it. <laughs> no, it's no-brainer in my mind that it's a 13. Um, I just... Like, if you need a heartbreak song, to me, this is the one. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. We have all too well. I love it. I appreciate what it is. I The 10-minute version, yes. Like, what a magnum opus for a career. But Last Kiss is really just, like, it's that song. And also, if I'm going to sit here, and I know that I gave Tell Me Why a 13, if I'm going to give Tell Me Why a 13, I'm not going to give Last Kiss less than a 13. I'm sorry. But, like... Oh, Tell Me Why is better than Last Kiss. You're right. <laughs> yeah. It, Last Kiss, what Last Kiss is lacking in violin, Tell Me Why, like, gives it to me. I, I respect that. A violin is all it takes to get a 13, actually. So. Yeah. You can give that to You're Not Sorry. Is that a violin? Which Probably. one has a violin? Maybe. I'm thinking it might be the Back to December Apologize, You're Not Sorry Maybe. mashup. That's got a violin in it somewhere. But it in conclusion, <laughs> tell me why. And the Back to December mashup are 13s. Last Kiss is a four. Yes. And I will be using that as the trailer clip for this um, episode. <laughs> Um, um, okay so this next those were all of my questions so this next um, game is something that I've been doing at the end of every episode so far Taylor Swift rapid fire um, which I (laughs) have specifically tried my hardest to make um, some of these as difficult as they could possibly be Um, most of them are drastically different there's one from each album um, lots of variety um, so <laughs> some of them, you might just be able to shout out the answers, but, um, I feel like there'll be some thought in some of them. So round okay. one is the outside or hoax. <laughs> hoax. I gotta say hoax. I would hope so. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't know all the words. Outside. <laughs> oh no. You're hurting 12 year old Taylor Swift's feelings. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, hope, I hope she grows up to be successful. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, round two is change or closure. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to curveball and I'm going to say closure. Ooh, spicy because choice. I, like closure. I was listening to, Ever, listening to Evermore the other day because it's winter, you know, and closure came on and I didn't skip it for the first time in a while. And I was like, wait a second. I kind of, I kind of dig it. <laughs> I love that for you. That's that. Maybe that's growth. That's character development. Just like last <laughs> kiss to love her. You know, you've grown so much this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, the round three, uh, this one drastically different, uh, very similar themes, um, if you interpret it how I do. Um, the story of us or nobody, no crime? Nobody, no crime. Oh my God. Um, look, I love the story of us, but there is nothing I love more than a country song about a woman killing her husband. Like, I just... <laughs> you know what? I respect it. <laughs> I love nobody, no crime. That's very valid, um, but that was the wrong answer. So I'm actually just going to end this episode here. <laughs> it's a pleasure. I don't expect to be invited back. Um. <laughs> you are not allowed within um, five feet of my Zoom meeting. So um, goodbye. <laughs> um, 
Um, this one, these ones are relatively similar. So this one I think might be a little more difficult to answer. Um, this is the very first night or exile. The very first night, all day, every day. Exile, it's it's just a no from me. If I had to, like, no, thank you. The very first night is so fun. I remember the night out in LA. That's like, what a song. So true. So, so I guess well, that makes sense. I mean, the very first night is a pop banger. I just, I really feel like Exile has the exact same themes as the very first night, you know? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Like, the same song. The very first night and then Exile. Like, I've seen this film before and I know. Yeah, how literally. Like, it's, it's the same thing. Copy and paste, except yeah. they're probably in the woods instead of like, out in LA. If you listen really, really closely, you can hear Bonnie Iver singing in the background of the very first night. Like, <laughs> he's, he's just like, um, who is that? Uh, on Cowboy Like Me, it's... um. Oh my gosh, Mumford and Sons. Mumford right? and Sons. <laughs> not all of them, though. It's just Bonnie Bear is an uncredited background vocalist on the very first night. You heard it here first. Stephen yes. knows because Bonnie Bear told him himself. He did. He yeah. answered my emails. Unlike Corey. Oh my and Drew. gosh! But but Corey and Drew dance. No. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> okay, this last one is um, gorgeous, or I think he knows. Oh no. They're almost those are those are actually the same song. So they're such and they're both such good songs. And people hate gorgeous, but I'm like, ding, go hold on my cats. I love I it. Love, I love <laughs> gorgeous. Oh my gosh. I'm honestly I'm gonna say gorgeous over I think he knows, which mm-hmm. I feel like is the wrong answer, but I don't care. <laughs> it's the right answer to me. I agree. I think you're right. Um, okay, as long as we're on the same page, who cares? Nothing else matters. You, None of these listeners. Anyway, so. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> I I agree. I think that gorgeous is the, the like the ding sound and gorgeous and the, the cat's line. I just, some people think it's cringy and I just think it's, it's so fun and so happy. I feel like grow up if you think it's cringy. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> you're right. I mean, that's like, one of the things. Have you never been in a party and looked across the room and seen someone? You're like, come home to me and my cats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I just, I think, I I think he knows is a fun song. I just think that it's so much of, I think he like gorgeous is a little repetitive too, but I think he knows is like the same line, then the same line, a little bit higher, the same line, a little bit higher chorus. And then it's like, I, I just, you only have so many words and I think he knows. And most of them are, I think he knows. And uh, my favorite thing to say is that because I just feel like if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. Is that Enchanted, Gorgeous, and Gold Rush are all the same song. They're all the same song. You're right. <laughs> like, I do get it. I do get it. <laughs> it's one song. Yeah. Most people. same too. Yeah. I, that's, I, that's what the next mashup should be. Enchanted, Gorgeous, and Gold Rush. That would be very dramatic and very drastically different. Um, <laughs> I would love to see it, though. That would be a lot of fun. Um, um, so those were all of my questions. Um, this is roughly an hour long episode. So I'm very impressed that we talked about, oh, well, I guess it doesn't, it should be expected for the six minute song on the album that we talk about it for a little longer than some of the three minute songs on this album. (laughs) Um, um, but if you have anything you would like to share, say, I'm giving you the floor once again, if you want it, speak now or forever hold your peace. 
Oh my gosh. Um, great use of the title. Um, Thank you. I have used that every single time whenever doing this, giving the floor to people thing. And yesterday, someone, um, when I was recording the innocent episode, they were like, that was, they, I, I think they used the word cringy. And I was like, well, <laughs> I've done, I've done that every single time for every episode I've recorded. I'm going to say it again. And I'll grow say up. it again. Cringy doesn't exist. Embarrassment is a mindset. Like, grow up. Um, <laughs> anyway, here's my two cents. Um, follow me on TikTok. <laughs> uh, Stephen Sully one. Follow Dylan. Dylan Mark Murphy. Um, we're both. I. It's great. It's a fun time. Come hang out. And um, yeah, stream. Speak now. You're right. <laughs> in the last Kiss Go Viral, she'll release it like she did Wildest Dreams. We were waiting for Enchanted and it never came. So, I, and um, honestly, I'm glad because I don't think I would have been alive to film this if it did. <laughs> I, I woke up one morning and she just was like, here's Enchanted, the way she was with Wildest Dreams. Mm-hmm. Game over. Game would, over. Like, would not survive. No. No. I That would be the beginning. We think it was the beginning of the Speak Now era. And then she'd release like debut and. I, I, I'll sit here and I'll say with a straight face that I've given up trying to predict it. And then I'll go and like count the number of times she's tweeted since 2012 and be like, it means that this is like. <laughs> That's, I, I love that. And I will, I'll do the exact same thing and just kind of give up. And I will 100% at like 1am, I'll just look over at my boyfriend and be like, so I think that Speak Now is coming next because of this. <laughs> It's like, I say I don't care anymore, but I sit here and I have all of her post notifications on. I'm a waiting. It's, I, you get so frustrated, you know, after what yeah. happened with Wildest Dreams and then Red and all of that happening at the same time. I'm just like, I don't, I just don't care anymore. I no singles for Red really just took the wind out of my sails. I was like, I clearly, she's just going to do whatever she wants. Yeah. And I'm just... I'm nothing. She doesn't care what I think. She's Absolutely. I'm really hoping that she gives Speak Now a little bit of what she gave Red, just because yeah. she did not give Fearless what she gave Red. It's really sad to compare the two. It's like, I feel, I feel bad for Fearless. People say they feel bad for Evermore. I feel bad for, I feel bad for Evermore, but I also feel bad for Fearless. Right. I mean, like, like Evermore got brushed away by Fearless, and then Fearless got brushed away by Red. So, I mean, they're in the same boat. I don't know. I don't know if anything can brush Red away. Yeah, she did so much. She did so much. It's I, that's like, and then you know, people are like, "Oh, when's the next one coming?" And it's like, we just got this one. And some people are being a little more defensive about that than others. And it's it's weird. Like, when I say that I think something is coming next. I'm not saying that if she doesn't release it tomorrow, I'm going to hunt her down. Like <laughs> Taylor Swift to release it right now. <laughs> I, I'm capable of sitting here and listening to Red and still being excited for Speak Now. Right, right. It's, I, I just want, I, she's done, she's got this thing going of just randomly doing things. And I think that that is what keeps everyone on edge. Everyone yeah. is like, it could very easily happen at any moment when everyone was like, 1989 is coming, 1989 is coming. And then the, the following morning, she's like, the next studio album I'll be releasing is Red. And everyone was like, what's happening? That, was, that day is so funny to me because the day before I posted a video and I was like going into 1989 without Taylor. <laughs> and then the next morning she posted on her story 
and it was about like an artist and she just posted their album and she was like love this album go listen to it <laughs> and so I made a video and I was like Taylor Swift is evil for posting on her story knowing that we were all losing our minds thinking she was going to announce something right. and like 15 minutes later she announced red and I was like what is happening where are we we need a break. I just, uh, everyone is mixed up. No one, we're not, everyone's in their own era at this point. Some yeah. people are stuck in Evermore. Some people- It's happening so fast. We've gone from Lover to Red in like two years. Those are very drastically different albums too. Yeah. So I, let, I'm just gonna let the girl do whatever she wants. And mm-hmm. if she happens to really speak now Taylor's version, great. If she doesn't, what am I gonna do about it? Am I gonna fight to, am I gonna really speak now Taylor's version for her? I just- <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write a strongly worded letter and she's going to get it. And 100%. she's going to say, I'm sorry. I'm going to get a public apology. I'm going to get a notes app apology from Taylor Swift. <laughs> After we threaten her for not releasing Speak Now Taylor's version. Like she's got it planned somewhere. It's probably going to come on July 9th. Just, just if for it fun. Does, oh my gosh. I would, I'd love to see it, but I, no one knows. Taylor, does Taylor Swift even know at this point? I don't I'd like to think that she plans, but sometimes I'm just convinced she sees like our theories on Twitter and TikTok and she's like, okay, we'll do that today. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> While this dream started blowing up, she ran into the studio and recorded it. Yeah. That's how it goes. Um, but yes, thank you for her. In conclusion, we love Last Kiss. Um, yes. <laughs> it's a great song. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming here again and the, talking for an hour about this song that only has three minutes worth of lyrics but um thank you for having me of course thank you for for staying that was so long (laughs) i i appreciate it and the conversation was interesting and intriguing so i assume someone is listening to this aggressively long episode it's gonna be lots of fun to go back and edit because i get to listen to it all again so um I'm, <laughs> I adore you. And thank you so much for wanting to do this, obviously, because you never have to. So I appreciate it. Of course. My entire being. Um, thank you to everyone who listened this far and gave Stephen and I an hour of your time. I really appreciate it. Um, have a good rest of your day, night, morning, evening, afternoon, whatever it is. And um, I will speak to you in two days when we talk about long live um until then have a good rest of your uh, everything i just said two seconds ago adios